When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Day two, and they let us back. Outkick 360 on the Outkick OTT Network. We are live from Studio G in Nashville, Tennessee at Blackbird Studio. uh, State-of-the-art facility right here in Nashville. Glad to be here and back alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. We've got uh, the, the whole crew on hand. Jacob Swanson, Lance Lee, Charlie Quartz, and the chairman of the board, David Reed is back with the show. It is great to have Reed back in the fold with us. Glad you're with us as well as you watch wherever it may be, YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter. Uh, If you caught the podcast last night, thank you. Please rate and subscribe to those channels. A lot to hit today as we kick things off. Check out Reed's uh, announcement, which he posted on Twitter. We we retweeted, uh, very effectively done, big man with big news. Well, Outkick360, that's where you follow us on Twitter. Um, Our old RSS feed was stolen, so now we have a new one. It's Outkick360. Search for it there. You can find our podcast that way. You can listen to us on your way home. But David Reed back in the mix, boys, it feels like home, right? I feel whole again. Yes. Now with David Reed a part of the show, so thrilled to make that announcement. I agree, and hopefully uh, there are uh, people watching right now that feel great that I have a desk in front of me. That's yeah. you guys noticed this. This is uh, I rewatched. Outkick immediately got the desk for me this morning. I rewatched and I felt uh, I I was in agreement <laughs> as uh, as, as once say. was said that uh, that you needed the desk. Well, a couple things. One, the fact that we made it out of one show with no litigation and we're back. Tremendous. The second show is huge. Our lawyer was very excited. And the, the audience, yes. we, we apologize to Patrick, whose wife really enjoyed the crotch shot with yeah. Jonathan Hunt. Yeah. She must be. Sorry, a, Patrick. But we have to make her an a desk, so we saw to it that because we want to meet the demands of the people, that we Outside provided of the, a desk. That one wife. By we, I mean Lance and Jacob provided a desk. And Charlie Quartz for yeah. Hutton. With but he's got a desk today. This is great. I did nothing. We yeah. showed up and, and a desk was down. here. The two of us showed up and sat back down. Hutton, were you involved in the placement of the desk or was it there? Uh, no, I was involved in the placement of the desk. It was here and um, we, we set it down right here in front of the chair. It's not yeah. bad. No, I, w- I rewatched and immediately I was like, oh, I see exactly why people were talking about the crotch shot. It wasn't that Hutton looked bad in it. It looked like he was conducting a TED Talk. Like it looked like we were his subjects we were and he was interviewing us and we were the guests because good we guests. had the desk and he didn't. You it's got some good guest. guests. Congratulations. Great yeah, guests you. on your first, first day. First day, day. quality. Congrats quality. on that. <laughs> and you got them for two hours. I mean, that's hard Big to get time. people for two hours. Very busy schedule. Let's get after it. Uh, you can follow us on social media. That's how we'll interact with you as we kick off the, the first week of the show. Hit us up on Twitter, at Outkick360. Message us there and, and react to the news of the day. We're going to hit NFL free agency right off the top. 
the Outkick Tennessee Power Hour coming up in hour number two, where we're going to hit a lot of Titans and Vols. But the Titans actually lead the conversation today with Bud Dupree making the splash signing last night with the announcement that he's going to sign on Wednesday uh, tomorrow with the Tennessee Titans. Paul, a five-year agreement, and more importantly, they get their pass rusher. They address the biggest need of their free agent and off-season months yeah. ahead. Now, I, I've said, and I think we've all said, they, they have to go get somebody, and overpaying is, is fine. <clears throat> Long list of guys. He wouldn't have necessarily been uh, my favorite, but that's fine. They absolutely had to have somebody and they got their guy. He's coming off an ACL, so I, I suspect he won't be ready for training camp. That was December 2nd, I think. Uh, in my post, uh, which is unlocked at paulkuharski.com, there's a video he posted in January of the early walk he took in, in rehab. So he, he was sharing some, some of his rehabilitation. Um, the other thing I'd say is he's not been the best pass rusher on his team, right? T.J. Watt, a defensive player of the year caliber guy. Mm -hmm. Stephon Tuitt and Cam Hayward, superior defensive line guys. Um, so he's been part of an awesome front. Now he's coming to a front where he needs to be probably the lead dog. They got significantly better yesterday with him. Now he'll start opposite Harold Landry. Jeffrey Simmons, an up-and-comer who hasn't shown enough pass rush push yet. And Danico Autry, who we talked about right here yesterday, who is a huge upgrade over somebody like Jack Crawford, Matt Dickerson, who I don't understand how he's been oh, he's... sticking around, Lorel Murchison, who's going to go into his second year now, doesn't have to be asked a lot of. That front four is way better with those two additions than it was, but you're counting on Dupree to take a, a very heavy leadership role and probably be your lead dog, whereas in Pittsburgh, he was, what, second, third, maybe even fourth amongst that super high quality. And when you're signing a guy to a, what could be a $16.5 million average, we haven't seen the details of the contract yet, he's taken on a whole new role. And there's, there's a question there that needs to be answered. That's part of the intrigue of the whole deal. Well, even if he's the fourth best pass rusher, or a contributor on defense in Pittsburgh, it's still an upgrade for the Titans Absolutely. defense, which was pathetic a year ago. So that's good news. I am intrigued by this whole idea of he's a good player. There's no doubt about it. It's no a doubt. great get for the Titans. But that he was a part of this, this group of players that was really good, and he was a contributor, and now he's the guy. So how do you go from that to being the guy? It's and like oftentimes a, that's the deal in free agency, right? Yeah, it's like a, you know a Harrison Barnes going from those great Warriors teams to going and being the guy somewhere. Well, now he's the guy at pass rusher on this defense. So how does that how does that link over to what the Titans are trying to do? I, I look at it very simply. Clearly an upgrade from what they had, but it is interesting to think about. Okay, now he's going to be asked to do even more. And he's not going to have the surrounding party that's going to contribute to him maybe not being double teamed or not having certain well, things happen that would have happened in Pittsburgh, right? And here's one other thing, Hut, before you go, and I know you've got good stuff on Dupree. Harold Landry played 94% last year after they spent the offseason talking about yeah. his snaps needing to come down. 
Bud Dupree in 2019, which was his best year, 11.5 sacks, I think, played 91%. Both of those guys need to play less. They cannot be done at outside linebacker. They need a real rotation there. They had three guys active every game last year, just about. They rarely played the third guy because he stunk. The second guy stunk, quite frankly. They need depth there. I would say another cheaper veteran and a draft pick. you got to have four options there in case you're hurt and to have a real rotation. These guys will be far more productive if they're playing 80 to 85% or 75 to 80%. They cannot be playing 90 to 95%. There's just diminishing returns when you're going and going and going every snap. You've got to get a rest once in a while. We, we will get into it. I'll, I'll go a layer deeper with, with Bud Dupree and his impact for this Titans, and I'll tell you why there are no excuses. We're sitting here talking about how he's a number two guy. There are no excuses for Mike Vrabel in this defense now with their addressment of, of Dupree bringing him in and paying them what they're giving him, signing Danico Autry, who is a big, long, physical interior end who can play next to Jeffrey Simmons, and then their former draft pick in Harold Landry. They have boosted their defensive front to the point where we're not going to point back and say, oh, they signed a number two and he didn't live up to expectations. Been there, done that, and, and now it's time to execute. Now they got to worry about their, their back end of the defense at corner, and they're still going to address pass rush at, within the NFL draft. Again, more details on that coming up. The big headline in free agency across the league, all of the top-tier pass rushers are gone. Everyone has signed, and that has been the, the position that teams have jumped out and addressed because normally we saw this last year, which is why Jadavian Clowney was able to sit out for as long as he did. Everyone either franchise tagged or re-signed their guy. This doesn't happen. Guys don't come free. That, that, that was not the case this year with the reduced salary cap. Teams had to make judgments and, and calls. Some re-signed. But you see Hendrickson, for instance, signed with Cincinnati After because Lawson lost. bounces. So uh, a lot of domino effects there at the pass rush. And normally you don't have the top-tier caliber guys come available. And, and that's why we've seen the NFL and, and the, gen- the general managers and coaches jump out and address that need first. Though I will say there is still a, a reasonably good second tier here. I like Hassan Reddick. Um, uh, Bowser from Baltimore. Reddick's a one-year wonder. Like it, he is a next-tier player. He is not in the same caliber that the guys that have signed. I, I would agree. You're saying but the next if you're tier. getting Hassan Reddick, that's still better than you could do in most years with a free agent pass rush. Justin Houston hasn't dropped off. He's an older guy, yeah, but that's a guy that can help fortify somebody's pass rush. Bowser, if you're looking for an up-and-comer, I would think Baltimore now is going to re-sign him, having lost yeah. in Gakwe and Judon. But, uh, you know, if they don't have him done Wednesday at 3 o'clock Central, he's on the market. Um, Ryan Kerrigan, I, I still would like the Titans to get Ryan Kerrigan as the second veteran. He'll be cheaper, but he had more sacks than J.J. Watt last year and far fewer snaps. That's a guy I'd like to see in a lot of locker rooms. Kerry Hyder has a lot of sacks as a San Francisco guy. Are these second-tier guys? Yeah. Is it a better second-tier than usual? Would some of these guys have been treated, Hutton, as first-tier guys in years when all of these premier guys weren't out no. there? No, they wouldn't have. Well, they, some of them would have gotten paid, overpaid. No, teams would have waited just they like they're available. waiting on wide receiver right now. And another guy, Samuel Abukam from the Rams, I think is an intriguing guy. 
these guys can still really help somebody's pass rush. They're not the premier first-tier guys, but there's another wave of guys that will help somebody. I could still see the Titans and other teams adding one of these guys at yeah. a lower cost who could really help. Ryan Kerrigan on the Titans, if he was your third pass rusher, he played 38% for Washington last year. He was upset. You get him 50% with the Titans as the third guy who's an established veteran who's done a lot of good things over durable effective, great locker room guy. How good yep. would that be? Yep. And then your rookie, Titans bring along their rookies very slowly. Uh, that'd be terrific. The storyline team-wise are the New England Patriots. Yes. With what they've been doing and the money they've been guaranteeing over the last 24 to 48 hours. You guys know where I am on this. Very anti-Patriot of the past moves we discuss for the it. Patriots. We'll with what they're doing and what they're spending. We'll I discuss that coming it. up. Try, chime in on Twitter, Chad. We can do that at Outkick360. Yeah, people are asking about phones. Eventually, we are going to have phones. We can interact that way. Right now, though, best way to get with us, simply go to Twitter. Outkick360, that's where you go. Hit us up there. Let us know what you want to talk about. Uh, let us know how much better the desk looks in front of Hutton <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube or Twitter Is there a full growing blockade or uh, only a semi if, blockade? Do we have a semi-blockade or full blockade? Those, these are important issues. Um, if you're listening somewhere right now, you want to hear us talk about just let us know what you want. Let us know what you're thinking. Hit us up at Outkick360. We will get into the Patriots Hall and free agency. Discuss some other teams that have made some big impacts as well. Straight ahead on Outkick 360 on the Outkick OTT Network. FanDuel Sportsbook is the place to get a risk-free bet. $50 risk-free bet right now if you're in Tennessee. Simply go to fanduel.com slash OK360. $50 risk-free bet. We suggest loading up on a parlay. It's risk-free, so you're going to get your money back if you lose. Load up on a parlay as the NCAA tournament gets going this week. And join FanDuel if you have not already. Chad, we will be able to do this live in downtown Nashville for the Outkick Watch Party with VIP. Absolutely. And as part of that parlay, Winthrop on the money line. I'm telling you, you heard it here first. It's going to Winthrop. happen. Winthrop is, uh, is, is big time. You've got, you got to fly with the Eagles. You can fly with us this Friday, Outkick 360, Outkick Watch Party, 6 and Peabody, downtown Nashville, terrific venue, indoor, outdoor, plenty of space. There's 100 Outkick VIPs already signed up to be there. You can join us as well. Let us know on Twitter if you're going to make it out at Outkick 360, if you've got any questions about it. going to be a great time, food and drink specials. We'll be there all day and night. It's going to be a blast, boys. Can't wait. All right, the Patriots. This is ridiculous what they've done. And it's amazing how many compliments they're getting for this. A, this is not the Patriots' way. And B, this is not the way you win in the NFL. Per Schefter, $137.5 million guaranteed. This is the second biggest number in NFL history for the entire period. They've done this on the first day of negotiating, not even the first day of free agency. Now, obviously, that number is going to go up annually, though the cap is depressed this year. Previous teams, 2020 Dolphins missed the playoffs. Good team building, but they've already cut one of those guys. Is this Kyle just Vandalin. day one, you're saying, or overall? No, overall. Okay. So they've met, outspent teams over the whole free agency period. Jets, 2019, missed playoffs. We know how good the Jets are at free agency. 
2016 Giants lost in the wild card round. 2018 Bears lost in the wild card round. We know where they've gotten off of this free agent spending. The Bears, a mess. 2018 Jets missed the playoffs. Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, Matt Judon, Davin Godcho, Jalen Mills, Henry Anderson, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. All sounds great on paper. The Patriots, granted, minus the quarterback that was the key to this whole thing. In the last three years in free agency, $51 million total in bonuses and guarantees to free agents. $51 million over three years, $137.5 million in one day. This is not the NFL. Bill Belichick, the coach, absolute genius. Bill Belichick, the personnel guy, has not been nearly as good. If they had drafted better in 2017 and 2018, they'd be re-signing their own guys with a lot of this money. This does not bode well for the Patriots. The Patriots never win and are the story in March. The Patriots win in January and February. The Patriots win because they had Tom Brady. That's why they win. And if you don't have the GOAT, you have to go do this. It's not going to work. That's why they have to go do it. And I would ask you, who's coaching those teams you just, you just rattled off? Well, Flores, I think, is a good coach. It's early for him. Gase, uh, 2016 Giants, would have been... Uh, Could have been anybody. Schum- McAdoo? Schumer or McAdoo. <laughs> okay. Uh, 2018 Bears was Nagy. 2018 Jets. Yeah, I, I mean, they're bad no, they teams. They all suck. But bad teams do this. And the Patriots... I would think getting their COVID people back, if they could solve their thing, one of these things, like if you wanted to go get Henry and Smith and say, okay, we're going to be Gronk and Hernandez again, and then play second level free agency in the draft, I could get. But we're talking about two, four, six, eight guys on the first day. That is desperate. And, the, the, and you pay I don't too blame much them. on the first day. I don't blame day. them for being they desperate. Should, they should be desperate. <clears throat> how did the Bucks fare That's not how you sold how did their free agency hall work out for them? Well, the, uh, when Tom Brady's one of the free agents, that's a different deal. And they didn't get all those guys on the first day. They, they got Fournette in a, in a late trade. They got Gronkowski come out of retirement late. Those guys weren't first day free agent signings that were super expensive. Antonio Brown is it way worked discounted. Out, it, it worked out for them. I mean, look, well, it's all about well, quarterback. Well, New England That's signed, what we're finding out here. It's not as much about Belichick. New England it's way more about Brady. Brown. It's too early to say that, by the way. The coach, to me, gets three years after the quarterback to see what he does. I'm Who's the gonna, last coach to win a Super Bowl more so than the quarterback? Uh, Brian Billick? Who's an offensive coach, coaching a defense? Well, you could say get to the quarterback. But my point the 49ers is, Niners got to the Super Bowl a year ago with Garoppolo. I, I, Shanahan's a great offensive coach. I, I, I'll agree there. They got to the Super Bowl. Who won that Super Bowl? Yeah, the better quarterback. Also, if it's about three years after the quarterback leaves, they're going into year two, and they just missed the playoffs. So they've got to do something. Uh, look, and they have the fifteenth, what the thirteenth or the fifteenth pick? I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's not like they're getting Trevor Lawrence in this draft to turn things around at quarterback. I agree, but I'm just saying one year out from the Belichick-Brady divorce, it's clear who's won so far. I'm going to wait for three years out before I say, 
Belichick was completely reliant on Brady oh, and can't do anything without. I think you're an idiot if you think that he was completely reliant on Brady. He's clearly a good coach, a great coach. But if you're going to, I don't think it's a stretch, if you're looking at the hierarchy of what matters in the NFL, oh. quarterback is ahead of coach. Well, two oh, things. There's not any situation where that's not the but case. Coach is next. But, but, but keep, keep in next. mind what happened Pass to the Patriots maybe last next. year, and I yeah. think this is being overlooked. They had eight players opt out due to COVID. Right. The majority of those were on defense, and it's their and defense that brought them to the Super Bowl uh, the previous, what, year and a half uh, prior to Brady leaving. Um, and, and then, of course, Brady left. So w- with that combination and with the, the, the lack of I- anything that we saw from Cam Newton within that offense, um, they had to go bolster their offense around Newton and it, more than likely a rookie quarterback. Many think that they're going to end up with like a Mac Jones yeah. out of Bama. Um, but if you're, if you're doing that, you have to go and build around the, the veteran presence. You mentioned if they drafted better, they'd be re-signing – they haven't drafted well. No. They have not drafted well. So they have to go do this if they want to compete. Otherwise, not just the Bills, but the Dolphins are going to pass them. Oh, I, I agree. I think this is too much, though. This does not, proven over time, this does not work, this, this strategy. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't work, but at times it's the only thing you can do. It's either that or just right. sit back and say, well, we got to draft better. Well, we only have so many draft picks. There's only so much we can do. If if John Robinson picked, you know, pass rush properly over the years, then they wouldn't have to go spend money on a pass rusher in free agency. They would just have it in-house. But that's not an option. I, I agree. And every GM, every team has to figure out what is the balance of free agency and draft based on what you haven't drafted well. But second-tier free agency, there there's a lot. We just listed some of the names. And the Patriots are the kind of team that could find, traditionally, find a couple of those guys. So if you want to go get, say, Smith and Henry and Judon, fine. Is Henry Anderson a guy you got to have on the first day whose price surely it would come down or you'd let somebody else overpay him, laugh at them, and go get the, the B-level Anderson? Kendrick Bourne? You know, Kendrick Bourne is Tajay Sharp plus. You know, to me, to pay that guy first day money isn't – I'd let somebody else do that. I'm never going to have a problem with a team going for it. And they're going for it because it's either – first off, Bill Belichick's won enough Super Bowls where it doesn't matter if he does this and fails. If it, if it ruins the organization five years from now, I doubt Bill Belichick cares. Bill Belichick is concerned with getting back in the playoffs and being in the championship hunt. So this is the quickest route to do that. Maybe you overspend on guys. Maybe you go too big in free agency. But it's a guy in an organization that's at least going for broke once again when at the end of this past year, we're all sitting around thinking Patriots may be time to rebuild, time to reset, time to start over a little bit with what happened this past season. And they're looking around thinking, no, we're going to go add some big-name free agents and get back in the playoffs this year. Is is Kendrick Bourne – Three years, $22.5 million first day money? I mean, that's just a contract that fits what they wanted to do for the player that he is, to me. Uh, when it, 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 with the guaranteed money, I haven't seen the guaranteed on it, but there's a chance they get out relatively easy on that. Yeah, it's not. That's not first not, day money. Yeah. Matthew Judon would be first, first day, day money. money. Matthew Judon, uh, as I looked into it yesterday, could be 
uh, Adelius Thomas, and that was a huge uh, bust for them. Right. Similar skill set, um, and they asked too much of Adelius Thomas in, in one direction, and that was a massive free agent failure for the Patriots, the kind of move they generally don't make. So, I, I obviously, have to wait and see on all of this stuff. It, it's completely against what they do. It's, uh, we talk about the Patriot way all the time, right? The Patriot process, how they go about getting players, develop to the draft. They go out and get someone else's trash and turn it into treasure. Mm-hmm. And they get guys on the cheap. Uh, even the process of in the draft going for college graduates, you know, for a while. The way they, they go about evaluating Captain players. Types. How much of that, though, simply worked because of Tom Brady? And, and what, well, I, what I mean by this is when you, when you have a 20-year greatest quarterback of all time, that's your quarterback, you have the luxury to piece a team together this way and to develop a system and to go about it this way. When that quarterback's no longer there and Cam Newton's your quarterback, you got to change things up. You can't just fall back on, well, this is the Patriot way and we're going to develop in the draft and we're going to get cheap guys at the back end of free agency, and they're going to work out for us because we're the Patriots. You were the Patriots with Tom Brady. And I'm not going back to the, the Brady-Belichick debate. I'm just saying Belichick had that luxury with a 20-year quarterback run of Tom Brady because you could always fall back on, we got Tom Brady. So let's develop around Tom Brady. I can tinker with the defense. I can get guys in the draft. I can go cheap on guys. And now he's completely changed his method because I mean, that's a necessity. What, what The way I read it yesterday, Paul, was instead of the GOAT carrying the team, they now have a, they're signing a bunch of veterans to carry the team. Yeah. It's interesting on the Johnny Smith front, and I was on uh, NBC Sports Boston yesterday to talk about Johnny Smith, and they were asking me about how able he would be to, to carry them catch-wise if he was put into that role. And I said, hey, you put him into that role. I mean, he could thrive in that role. You know, I talked about his unselfishness and how he was called on to to block a lot more once Lawan went down and then Lawan's backup goes down and then you're down to third string left tackle. You're down to Johnny Smith as your tackle. Yeah, people are undervaluing (laughs) his blocking in a huge way. Um, Very undersized tackle in Johnny Smith if you get down to that level also. (laughs) Better than Will Sweet. It's like a college Um, spread offense tackle. But, but, um, you know... I'm done with this segment, and before I go to bed, or is it this morning, they sign Hunter Henry. Yeah. And so now John o. Smith's catches are cut in half again. <laughs> for, for the same money, uh, at least for the first year, uh, Hunter Henry and, and John o. Smith are now the top. They're tied for third for the highest paid tight ends in the league yeah. next year. So Kendrick Bourne's stock goes up, right, because they're maybe Everyone. not getting a receiver better than Kendrick Bourne because they've got two great pass-receiving tight ends. If there was, it's a Gronk Hernandez kind of pairing. Yeah. If there was an immediate transfer portal uh, in the NFL <laughs> when you sign, and you sign a letter of intent in college and you decide, I, I want to go somewhere else, yeah. I wonder if John o. Smith would enter the transfer portal because they've over they've recruited over John o. Smith. Well, I guess I'm blocking again. Yeah. Looks like I'm, I'm the second tier guy. A hell, that's again. a hell of a pairing. Uh, it it is. Sure. And so your, your top paid tight ends per year right now, uh, George Kittle at 15. Travis Kelsey at 14-3. And then you have Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry tied for third. Uh, right behind them, Austin Hooper, who signed last year, what, in Cleveland for $10.5 million, And soon to be paid would be Darren Waller Who's with Vegas. Ter- terrific. Though we have to say, on these averages that we're throwing out, on the new numbers we're getting, 
we have to see those those contracts because yes. yes. some of it could be phony money that wouldn't oh, really yeah. go into the average right. per year, right? So we need to see that. Like on the Titans front, we now know, and we'll get into this more in our Tennessee Power Hour. We know Autry's cap. We know uh, Lamb's cap. The offensive backup offensive lineman they signed. We don't know Dupree's cap. Um, and so we don't really know where the Titans are cap-wise. I suspect these are their, not Lamb's not a big move, but Dupree and Autry will be their biggest moves, and they're probably on to, to second-tier phase, phase two. Paul, we might need a little preview of mashed carrots. I know we're not going to do it right now, but an explanation of what mashed carrots is for Paul Kuharski, but also about NFL fans wanting their team to address positions in order. Yeah. And how that's foolish. Well, if you want us, uh, them to address it in order, then you think one of the Titans' top three priorities was backup tackle. <laughs> and you, let me tell it to you. The Titans, given their holes, wide receiver, where they have one starting caliber player, far outranks backup offensive line. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> nope. As does cornerback, as does tight end, though they re-signed uh, Jeff Swaim this morning per our friend John Glennon. Um, but they've got a lot of work to do. Backup offensive tackle is not a high priority. Still, remarkably, they signed a backup offensive lineman on the first day or agreed to term. Uh, hit us up on social media on Twitter, at Outkick360. Chad, what's rolling in so far? So we've got, uh, it's, it's funny, Paul was talking about uh, receiver for the Titans, people asking about uh, will the Titans address receiver? Paul, I, I would assume that that would be the case because you don't want to go in with one receiver. Here's Maybe. another mash carrots thing that I get. Immediately after these two signings, everybody says, so does this mean wide receiver in the first round of the draft? Can we let them have a few days of free agent? I can't tell you what they should take in the first round of the draft without seeing what they address in free agency. I know people love the draft, but it is impossible to tell you what a team should do in the first round of the draft until you see what they do in free agency. And free agency doesn't even technically start until Wednesday. Well, here's so let's see what teams do in free agency before we tab their primary needs in the draft, right? Yes. Well, how can Have anyone, to. I mean, if you're following the Titans, how can anyone think that they're done at pass rush? They're not. With Bud Dupree. Yeah, their third pass rusher and right now is, is Derek Roberson, who sucked last year. Well, look, if they if they still had Dean Pease, who was really good at getting creative and getting to the quarterback. Even then you'd say they need Well, him. But then you'd say, well, you know, it's Dean Pease, and he's a mastermind at getting the slot corner to the quarterback and, and scheming up blitzes. That'll affect the quarterback. But they've got Shane Bowen as defensive coordinator, who led one of the historically worst defenses and worst pass rushes in NFL history a year ago. So, of course they're not done assessing, addressing pass rush, and right? we should note it's conceivable that Danico Autry would stand up at outside linebacker, maybe on some early downs. But he's very much a 4-3 defensive end. He's got the size and the skill set to he's rush massive. from inside. Yeah. So they might play with him a bit there. But it's the Jack Crawford role. Now, it doesn't eliminate Daquan Jones from contention. Daquan Jones has played nose largely, but they may align differently up front as well. And ideally, in a pass rush situation, I want to see Simmons and Autry as the two down linemen. Should mention that Adam Schefter just tweeted or retweeted Adam Kaplan. The Ravens are re-signing Tyus Bowser. So, as we predicted, 
uh, they keep their young pass rusher after losing two two stud guys. Former uh, second round pick, uh, reported twenty two million in guarantees and a basketball background. They dropped him into coverage a lot and had success with that. But if they set him free going forward, I think he's got a ton of upside. We're going to start to see restructuring too across the NFL with with contracts, which the we Titans will get to. Can make a lot of money with the re- simple restructure of Ryan Tannehill. But they haven't done so yet. So uh, a team that I thought made it made a nice splash uh, in free agency uh, with two players I like, Corey Davis and Carl Lawson, the New York Jets. Yeah, uh, they're not getting a lot of play because one of their rivals, the Patriots, have done what they've done. But the, the question is: Is Corey Davis a number one wide receiver? Because he's going to play on the outside. He played 315 of his 400 snaps last year, which was a career year for him here in Nashville for the Titans, is he a number one wideout within that offense? They have, they have the speed element uh, with uh, Mims, and they have Crowder that plays the inside. So they, they have that ability. I like what they're building at wide receiver. I like the addition of Davis. The question is, what we saw last year, is that number one worthy in New York? Um, and I think what really helped Corey Davis in New York was Allen Robinson getting franchise tagged by the Bears. Absolutely. That helps Corey Davis's value. Allen Robinson was going to be uh, sought after by the New York Jets, yes. if not franchise tag. Carl Lawson, uh, I, I think, is, is and, and was one of the players I had circled for the Titans to address. Um, solid player, I, I think, with the 4-3 the that they're moving to. Uh, ascending player, we have not seen him hit his ceiling yet. Just 10 and a half sacks over the last two years but you feel like there's a lot more there than what we saw from Cincy. I wonder about him against the run a little bit. Uh, Blake Bettingfield, our friend, pointed out something to me I think makes a lot of sense, that if you're on a really bad team that gets run on a lot late, you have to kind of put that into the equation of the run defense. Yeah. You know, Because you're going to get run on late. The team is going yes. to get run on late. So you might discount the run defense a little bit because you're seeing so much more late. And I think that's a fair thing with Carl Lawson. But I scored him down a a little bit in that. And also, I think probably inherently I was just a little bit anti-Carl Lawson because Titans Twitter was massively Mm -hmm. pro-Carl Lawson. As for the Corey Davis thing, I do not think he's the number one wide receiver. I think he could be a very good number two wide receiver. I'm very concerned the way he disappeared against Green Bay, and fell out of that Baltimore playoff game. He had built, 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 built. And then to finish at the end with those two out of the last three games was concerning to me. But he's a team-first guy, works his butt off, stayed healthy in his last year. It's not going to cause any kind of – he's got no receiver diva in him whatsoever. Mm -mm. I think he's worth a a shot. I I want a little receiver diva in him, I I do, too. I think he could use a little bit of that. I, I want some in my room. I, I didn't. I, you're not going to get. I'm any saying out of more Corey of Davis. a. You're give, not going to get. Give it me the damn ball mentality. You're not getting that from Corey Davis. No, it's you're not. not in his, and that's why he's not a number one receiver. DNA. But also, I don't know many number one Arthur receivers Smith, that don't have that in them. Arthur Smith used him exactly perfectly in Tennessee, and I think we do, we discussed this on our old show. A new team's going to take him and say, Ah, I saw what he did in Tennessee, and now we can expand his repertoire. And I think what made him good was that they reduced his repertoire. So if the Jets take him, Hunt, and try to expand what he does into more, a number one receiver should be able to do everything, right? We can run him on more of these other routes. 
they're going to find out that, well, what he's really good at is what Tennessee had him do. And there's no shame in that. No. That's letting a player do what he does best and emphasizing it and maximizing it. I, I mean, I'll do this coming up a, a bit later with Bud Dupree. But in his biggest games, does his team win or lose? Corey Davis had a career year last year, and his two biggest performances, the Titans lost. Uh, now, that's not all on Corey Davis. But it's notable. It's but normally when a top-tier wide receiver has a big performance, that's going to impact the scoreboard, and that's going to impact the bottom line at the end of the game. And, How was it for uh, A.J. Brown? Do you know that? Uh, much imagine, more successful. Yeah, I imagine they But the, the, the thing about Davis, though, is I, I, I don't I honestly – He's not a number one, but he's not a number two. I think he's like a 1B. Yeah. And the question is, can you get more consistent play from him, game in and game out, as a 1B type player, than what the Titans got out of but him? But do the Jets have a 1A? They so don't. The Titans but, very clearly had a 1A. Well, they, 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 have, they have the ability to spread it around, and we know how bad the Jets have been. Also, who's his quarterback? They've been winless. So is is it wrong of me to knock down this Jets free agency hall a letter grade simply because it's the Jets that made the moves? I, like uh, immediately, I see these moves. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm like you. I I like Lawson. I like Davis for them. But then I think about like, well, it's the Jets that signed them. So something's off here. Far better. Something seems to be off here. If if these guys are deciding to go to the Jets and the Jets are picking them. It's going to be an awkward marriage. You're leaving the Adam Gase stain, which it's hard to remove. That's hard to rub out, right? Some of this graffiti that was put on buildings during protests, that doesn't come out easy. That's like what Adam Gase did to the Jets. <laughs> you can't get that off of there no matter how you try and to the clear Jets. it. I mean, it's just the Jets' history also. Yeah, but It's Gase, very unfair Gase, of me, granted, it. but I, I see it. that and I think, well, they're losers. Yeah. So these well, guys are going to be losers now. They're going to contribute to them losing. And it's that's, what we're doing the opposite with the Patriots all. Right. The Patriots. Oh, well, this yeah. Bill Belichick guy, yeah. he knows work. a thing or two. He's been around the block a few times. Absolutely. True. He knows what he's doing. It's right. Yeah. It's inherent bias. Hit us up at Outkick360. Let us know uh, your big takeaways from NFL free agency. We're going to hit the Titans in hour number two coming up in the Tennessee Power Hour where we go more in depth, a layer or two deeper on what they did by signing Dupree and Autry and Lamb and bringing back Jeff Swaim, for instance. We'll get into all of that coming up. I'm just going to say for all the national local concerns about our show, today the Titans did us a favor and they <laughs> were a national headline. So, uh, Speaking of headlines, we get into the NCAA tournament when we come back, Chad. Uh, a discussion about some upsets in the brackets and what a, constitutes that. An even bigger question to ponder, Hutton. Do upsets even exist? <laughs> this year. We'll discuss. Any year. It's becoming that way. I'll, I'll, give, I'll like let it. you know what I'm talking about. I like this it. Week I like nice. it. No double T's this time, just a single T. Single T. Hey, check us out uh, wherever you may be watching each and every day right here on the Outkick OTT Network. A reminder, if you've missed any of the show uh, so far or you missed the debut show yesterday, you can subscribe to our podcasts where we can be found on Spotify, on Apple, and where else, Paul? Where did you mention Audible. 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 Audible, One of my my, uh, followers on uh, Facebook alerted me that we're on Audible. I had forgot about Audible as as a channel. You can also watch the replay on YouTube, on Twitter, 
wherever you may be watching. Uh, Facebook Live is the other. And if you are watching on YouTube, Chad, we ask that uh, our viewers, our 360 season ticket holders, do us a favor. It's not a big ask, but it helps us in a big way. Hit like. takes one second to do that. Leave us a review. If you want to say something funny to us, that's always great, right? We love comedy. We love humor on this show. So just leave something there. Give us uh, on whether it be podcast, YouTube, hit like, give us a rating, review it, subscribe, do all those things. You'll help us out tremendously. I, uh, so we were kind of splitting up responsibilities in terms of monitoring things in Chad's uh, on Twitter. So I said, hey, I'll get on YouTube and follow that. What's going to be my issue here on my screen, Hunt? Too small. The text is way too small for PK. I'm going to have to blow that puppy up. That the is squinting true. is about to happen. So, um, so today we got a desk for Hutton. Tomorrow we'll have yeah. a projection screen a behind our guys. Yeah, I need one of those big magnifying sheets that I can he's put the no, elderly. Look, I blew it up. I Paul, blew it up. Paul the elderly. Uh, the elderly <laughs> member of our crew here can't see it, even with his readers on. Why do you have those glasses on if you can't? Are those not readers? They're readers. Okay. Yeah. They, they help. Just, it was still teeny tiny. Then please. Tell us the problem. <laughs> it was still teeny tiny. I've blown it up now. Here's the issue. Command New plus. readers. That's what Paul needs no, now. Command He's plus. Okay, okay. It was microscopic. Sure. All right. He's got it now. I got He's it. got it now. I got you, it now. Uh, check us out at outkick.com. You can also sign up to become a VIP. Join us on Friday for the basketball watch party, the VIP watch party with Outkick. We cannot wait to get out to 6th and Peabody right here in Nashville. Um, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. And as a part of our show on Friday, we're going to give the, our top parlays through FanDuel oh, as, to what, as to what we're going to okay. sign up for with FanDuel.com slash OK360. The $50 risk-free bet where there will be underdogs, but will, will there be upsets? Vegas will have underdogs. But what is the nature of the upset in the NCAA tournament now? Of course, numerically, right? Numbers, the higher the number, the lower percentage chance of yeah. winning in the first round. Seeds, this is are talking seed. Yes, and the number of seeds. So the only one where the, high, the, the lower seed, if you're talking about, it's nine versus eight. The nine seed has beaten the eight seed more than the eight seed has beaten the nine seed. That's it. The 5-12 matchup has basically become an 8-9 game or 7-10 game in recent years. An example, Tennessee is a seven-point favorite over Oregon State. That is the biggest point spread of five versus 12. Seven whole points. That's it. Explain why the 5-12, there's a conference champion thing involved there. Well, it's, I mean, it's just. The last of the big conference at large. Not not necessarily because that's either an 11 or a 12. You know, you've got other examples of the 12 seed typically is going to be a a non-power conference team that's really good, that's a champion, you know, a Belmont in a great year, taking on a a good Power 5 team as the 5 seed. Uh, Tennessee-Oregon State's a good example. That's a a Power 5 conference tournament champion playing Tennessee, another Power 5 team. But my point of this is, if you look at where college basketball has gone, especially in a pandemic year, who suffered this year? Duke, Kentucky. Why do they suffer with all that talent? Zero continuity. They had no guys returning to play with each other. A lot of new guys coming in, freshmen, went out there. They couldn't even make the tournament, right? The teams that do well are the teams with senior leaders, with continuity, that have a system. 
oftentimes these are the mid-major champions in these games. Because those guys don't leave. But even when you get a Syracuse, let's say, at, or Michigan State, if Michigan State wins against UCLA, Michigan State is an 11. You get these Power 5 conference teams that are 11 or 12 seeds, no one's going to be surprised if they go on. If Michigan State goes on and beats BYU as a six seed, no one's going to be surprised. I guess my point is that as college basketball, there's so many good players out there, and they all can't go to Duke, Kentucky, Indiana, and the Blue Bloods. So they're spread out. But as college basketball has gotten better and the wealth has been spread across more teams, the idea of the huge first-round upset has gone way down. 16 over a 1, obviously a big deal. Only happened once. 15 over a 2, obviously a big deal. Doesn't happen that often. But when you get to 14 over 3 or 13 over 4, and then especially 12 over a 5, the upsets just aren't going to happen as much. And in this year, where you have teams that didn't play as many games as the other ones, I think it's even less so. It's Look, this is what's going to make it fun. It's going to be a wide-open tournament. But I don't think there's a ton of eye-opening upsets that are out there simply because I see some of these teams that could win in the first round. It wouldn't be that surprising to me. Here are two for you in this context. St. Bonaventure, which had a tough matchup in LSU, uh, all junior starters. So these guys have been together a ton. And UCSB, who we talked about a little bit yesterday, loaded with upperclassmen. So, again, school that's not going to produce a lot of pros that has guys that have been together for a long time. So the pandemic doesn't necessarily throw them off course because they know each other well. And, and the thing that Duke and Kentucky suffered through, they didn't really get hit by in the same way. Now, I don't know that you're going to see an upset. UCSB is 12. That, that's the kind of game that, yeah. that teams win. St. Bonaventure upsetting That's a game, LSU by the way, that pretty big, much everyone is picking. Big thing. U.S. Uh, U.S. Uh, uh, Santa Barbara, I pick. I can't remember Winthrop. who they're playing. We've joked about Winthrop. Winthrop is a game that a lot of people are going to pick. UCSB who are they playing? is another one. Creighton? Winthrop. UCSB Creighton? That's it. Yes. And Winthrop plays Villanova, who's without their point guard. Um, Loyola Chicago, another good example. They're led by Cameron Crutwig, Lucas Richardson, two seniors who were starters on the Sister Jean team that went to the Final Four as freshmen. So three years later, those guys have been around. They're leading that program. Is anyone going to be shocked if Loyola beats Georgia Tech in the first round and no. gives Illinois all they want in round two as a one seed? I'm not going to be. One of the things I'm interested to see and Clark watch. Kellogg, by the way, thought that Loyola was way underseeded. Yeah. For the, um, for the tournament. Like, so, you know, everyone's got their eyes on Iona as a 15 over a two against Alabama. My question is, does Alabama, who's played 30 games, how much does it factor in that Iona's played 18 this season? The other one would be Colgate. Colgate and Arkansas. Arkansas's played, what, 28 games on the season? Colgate's played 16? Maybe not even that. Maybe, it, it may be 15 or 14. That's a good question on the wear and tear. Uh, so I, I think the hardest thing with that, Hutton, is trying to decide if you're the committee where to slot those teams from a seed standpoint. Yeah. Because we could sit here and argue, what's the value of that? Are you rested? If you've played 16 or 18 games as opposed to 30, does that give you an advantage? Or are you at a disadvantage because you don't have the experience of playing together that a team that played 30 games might have? And Colgate was ridiculously high-seeded in one of those things based on who, who teams it beat, beat 
or something like yeah, that. Yeah, their net right? was top ten, right? Yeah, yeah. which is crazy. Um, and they end up with a 14 seed. <laughs> yeah. So that shows you how much net means. Hey, so uh, the Jags are signing Seahawks corner Shaquille Griffin. That's a three-year deal with $29 million guaranteed, according to Adam Schefter. That's big money for one of the for, for the top corner in Seattle off their defense. They were making a push to, to, br- to bring him back, and the guaranteed money is what has him headed to Jacksonville. There was a uh, tweet that Jacksonville had signed um, Curtis Samuel yesterday. Now, <clears throat> it was tweeted by a nobody. Now, I've gotten burned by this before. So I want to see how much forgiveness you'll give me. I saw it. I didn't look at the original tweet because it was retweeted by several legitimate people, including our buddy John Glennon. So I saw John Glennon retweeted it and commented very thoroughly on the value of Samuel. Yeah. And I retweeted it. Then I quickly saw it was a mistake and I got rid of it. And then I quickly texted him and said, did you delete that tweet? And he jokingly texted me back, no, no, big move. <laughs> but um, this, this tweet somehow got like a dozen legitimate NFL reporters. And it wasn't a disguised tweet or anything. It was from some nobody. So I don't know how this is still going on. But at least I had the cover of legitimate people retweeting it. I wasn't the first legitimate person to retweet it like the Dante Hightower fiasco. This isn't like the Adam Scheffler tweet that you retweeted or that you read on air one time? G.D. Scheffler. <laughs> Scheffler. No, it's Chef One or something, right? So Chef One ER. Or it looked like Chef, Chef One ER. Not the former Broncos tight end, but it was a, you thought it was Adam Schefter, but it was Chef One ER. Coming up, the Tennessee Power Hour is straight ahead, which also includes some of the biggest news in NFL free agency over the first day of the open negotiating period where the Titans have agreed with Bud Dupree and Danico Autry. Details next right here on OutKick 360 on the OutKick OTT Network. Stay with us.